You're listening to Leading with a Brave Heart, a podcast to help professional women build the confidence to lead with their hearts so that you can lead with confidence and compassion. I'm Michelle Johns and my mission is to help you find yourself instead of fixing yourself. I'm really glad you're here with me. Now onto the show. this week's episode of Leading with a Brave Heart, where I'm going to talk about work-life harmony. I'm sure I've done an episode on this topic already, but as we close out the year, I wanted to remind us how the seasons of our lives impact how we show up. And when we need to show up, and that's very personal for each of us, connecting with the fact that it's your knowing that determines where you need to show up and how you need to show up. So I want to remind us all that it's not about balance, but it's about harmony. So let's start with what's wrong with balance, the word balance. It might be that you have, you can't see me visually, but you've got this high amount going on in your home life and you try to balance it up with balancing it up with doing that much in your career or the other way around when you've got a project or you've got a lot going on in your work and then you try to balance it up with your home life and all this does is create more and more overwhelm. So what can we do instead? We can do a blend. We can blend our work-life harmony and this is about being in charge of your life. Work-life harmony is being conscious of where you're putting your energy. It doesn't mean you have to put equal amounts of energy into every area of your life, whether that's work, um, your relationships, your family, your people you're caring for, and so on. So it's about being conscious. Some of us go through life letting the external things just happen to us like our family demands, our relatives' events and other demands, the deadlines at work, deadlines, yeah, deadlines at work, and even the emails from our boss determine where we put our energy. And often this is without any conscious thought. We just go through life since our school days of going to each class, submitting homework, doing the chores at home, turning up to netball practice, because we've been told it's expected and we won't get to play on Saturday if we don't go to the netball practice, that we just start responding to all of these external things. It's our duty, our obligation. People are depending on us. We need to be a good girl, perhaps. Then at some stage, we become adults and we don't flick a switch saying, oh, now I'm an adult and I'm responsible for my own decisions, my actions, and I can do what I want. Some people do, but definitely wasn't something that came naturally to me. We just carry on meeting other people's deadlines, family birthdays, work deadlines, taking direction from others, from our school teacher. Now it's our, then it was our lecturer and now it's our boss at work and so on without making adjustments or checking in with what we want to do. 
or at least being conscious where we're putting that energy. So the first step to work-life harmony is to be conscious of this. Be conscious of the external, the external needs that are driving our action, our actions, utilizing all of our energy. And it is okay to meet deadlines, go to the family wedding or the birthday party, or respond to the urgent email from the boss, but do so mindfully. Because for everything you're saying yes to, you're likely saying no to something else. So let's just bring this into our awareness now. You will always have an unfinished to-do list. So where do you want to be spending your time? What is important to you? What are your non-negotiables? These are your boundaries. Now, I find the word boundaries a little harsh, like telling someone these are my boundaries. And for me, it feels like I'm putting up a wall um, with others. And I feel that when I hear people saying that they're setting boundaries, I feel that um, from others too, feel like it's a wall. So the word boundaries may absolutely resonate with you and that's good stick to that but if it doesn't then you could try this you could create your aura now this is the light around you so it's not a wall the aura represents your values and your beliefs and your self-protection if you like now if you're a visual person you can imagine what color it is your aura and you can imagine it surrounding you protecting you without blocking you from the environment, from connecting with others. It's not like a solid wall. It's not like a block color that people do don't um, kind of don't see, but it's kind of that translucent. So you can be seen, you can make connections and you can choose who can come into your aura and who you need to consciously brighten that aura for or protect yourself from if you like you know who that is and you know who they are so when you need to sort of strengthen it a bit you know when to do it now you can do this as a visualization and create your aura mindfully what color is it what does it feel like and really create the power of it as I'm saying this to you I can feel mine um, around me it's it's quite a powerful a tool and um, if you ever do any coaching with me we could do that but you could do it yourself just from listening and using the language I just used so the aura this thing around you this protection is not harsh like a wall it's your light it's your identity it's your point of view so being mindful of how you approach um, this can help you be true to yourself without blocking yourself from experiences and connection or seeming aloof or disconnected or closed off at work. So let's take a breath. We're talking about work-life harmony and how we can get there. And I'm going to go through a few little strategies that might be helpful this time of year. So start by establishing those non-negotiables. I like to also call them my foundations. What are they for you? So for me, one of them is my morning walk. Even if I have an early morning appointment, I just get up even earlier. Why? Because I know the benefit of how I'll feel when I get my, um, it's like a meditative walk in the morning. 
I know how I'll feel in the afternoon, how I can maintain my stress levels throughout the day. What is one for you? What's a foundation or a non-negotiable for you? Now, if it comes to you now, um, take note, mental note, write it down. It could be reading a book to your children, leaving work on a Wednesday for Pilates. What is the reason you do it? It could be a feeling, it could be your values, it could be a commitment. Now, there's likely to be other less physical non-negotiables around what behavior you won't tolerate around you or how people treat you or how others are treated. That might be a non-negotiable for you. So make a list of your non-negotiables. This can help you set yourself up to be able to, I guess, Um, create that work-life harmony or reduce the stress you let into your life. Those conscious decisions we talked about earlier. Reflect on your connections. Who do you spend your time with? Now, the people you surround yourself with um, will have an impact on you. Who are they? The boss who is toxic, the work colleague who's a narcissist, the friend who's always complaining about work. Do you then find yourself doing the same, reflecting the people that are around you? Now, I started with the non-negotiables. Another tool or another strategy you could use is to decide in advance what to fail at. Now, firstly, this has a couple of things. One, it can help you let go of trying to spend time on a particular activity that you just cannot fit into this work-life harmony you have and it removes the shame associated with it. This is about what do you do in life and what you're willing to have a go at or just have just try something or get some pleasure from something that you may be mediocre at or even just suck at. So For me, I'm probably a mediocre dancer and definitely suck at singing. But on a Saturday night with my friends, I decide I'm going to do it anyway. But beyond this, the point of this is to let go of having to do everything on our plate. Um, Having to do everything with perfection or to the standard we set ourselves. Or the standard of things um, that others expect from us. So look at your to-do list and think, what is on this list that I'm avoiding because I think I'm going to stuff it up and feel ashamed afterwards and choose that is the task I will fail at and I'm going to do it and get it off my list anyway. So often we spend a lot of time procrastinating, worrying when we could just get it over with and do it um, at, you know, we don't have to be good at it. We just get it off our list. So This could be your very first time doing a one-on-one with a team member about a difficult topic. It doesn't mean you don't prepare at all um, or that you can't be compassionate with that conversation. It just means that you know you've never done it before and you're not likely to nail it. You're not a master of it. You cannot perfect perfect it like you do the other tasks on your list. Um, the things that you've done a hundred times or even a thousand times, you've never done this before. Maybe it's something you've just done a handful of times, like a presentation in front of a large group or a job interview for your first leadership role or something. Whatever it is, decide it's okay to fail at this, letting go of the shame and just having a go anyway. The authenticity will more likely to come through. You're more likely to have a better 
um, outcome, if you like. Now, just on this topic of deciding what to fail at. Now, at home for me, I always wanted to be good at gardening, mainly because others expected it, because people would shame me for not having kept the weeds at bay or for killing the plants in my garden. And I kept thinking, I'm not a good human if I cannot keep a garden. <laughs> now, until I decided I chose to f- um, to fail at this and got a balcony with concrete. Anyway, I do have plants there and every now and then when the weeds take over, uh, if someone comes over and says the garden needs weeding, I say, yeah, they do. And that's it. I don't have any shame around it anymore. I'm not over explaining. I'm not doing the gardening before they turn up. That is a waste of time. Now, for some people, it may be having that messy kitchen bench or that shoe cupboard that's disorganized or having post-it notes instead of a notebook, whatever it is. What is something you've been trying to do all of your adult life that you just can decide to fail at and stop the shame? So take a little note of this for yourself. Maybe it's something you can let go of before the new year starts. Now, the third strategy is to consciously have Im, imbalance, imbalance, that's it, that's the word, imbalance in life, whatever that means for you. Maybe this is um, that only each fortnight you get a date night with your husband or your partner, or you walk every day except the day you need to go to an appointment. What is it that you, you know, you, instead of feeling guilt about not doing something or not doing the walk at all any day, you actually do it three days. So this strategy is really about mindset, the mindset that we don't have to have everything balanced out. The work and the life ledger do not need to be equal. Let go of the goal to have a work-life balance and be okay to be out of balance. Um, It's just having those ebbs and throws ebbs and flows of life and different seasons of life, whether that's a time when you're on a big project at work and or you're traveling for work a lot and you have to take more time on those um, at work than you do at home. And then there'll be other times, maybe you're, you're having a family or you're caring for an elderly parent or another loved one and you need to put more time um, into or it's out of balance more into your personal life. Choose it. You can choose the imbalance instead of fighting it. Have you ever been striving to balance things up? To get work-life harmony, you don't need to do that anymore. Whether that's balancing up with more life stuff or more work stuff, it just creates overwhelm. There's often that feeling of guilt around being out of balance. It could be guilt that you're leaving the office early or guilt around asking your parents to pick up your children. Having work-life harmony means you can be out of balance and not feel guilty. How does that feel? Or how could that feel to let go of that guilt? Maybe you don't feel guilt, but you feel stress around trying to get it all done. What if you can be out of balance and just be a little bit messy somewhere in your life? So another strategy, I guess, is just to rest before you need it, to be conscious of your signals of getting overwhelmed or stressed or close to burnout. Some of this um, 
Some of you may resonate with this and some may not, but early in my career, I didn't take holidays. I was too busy at work. I was too important at work. I needed to keep going to get ahead and I did burn out, but I missed the signs. And now I know when I have a break and rest, I come back with new ideas, more energy to tackle things, more health. Um, now I couldn't, um, I felt that I couldn't like go and leave at Christmas time because I worked for an organization that, um, you know, that had a year end at Christmas time. And it wasn't until I worked for an organization that shut down for two weeks at Christmas time. And I used to try and get an exemption. I want to work through Christmas. I want to take a different part of the year off. And one year I actually was forced to take these two weeks off. And just before I went on leave, I was really struggling with a narcissist person at work. But after I came back, I was able to deal with this person in a completely different way because I topped myself up. So what does this sort of rest before you need it look like for you? Because this is about maintaining. So what do you find yourself doing today when you're, I guess, heading towards that overwhelm or or maybe, um, you know, a bit depleted in your well-being, or maybe you're even heading towards burnout. What is it that you do today? Could it be binging a TV session or binge eating or a drinking session or um, even just feeling that feeling of overwhelm? So think about what you could do instead. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, uncomfortable moments or challenging moments. They're, they're good. They're good for growth. But this feeling of being more in overwhelm. So what we want to do is avoid that. And work-life harmony is here for you. So what is the first step for you? Is it creating those non-negotiables? Um, getting outside? Getting, um, I guess, getting into your comfort zone a little bit, maybe thinking about who you're surrounding yourself with. Um, could it be looking at that ledger and making sure that you're not trying to balance it up? Could it be surrounding yourself with different people who can reflect who you are or are people that you would like to reflect back if you like? What could that be for you? So I hope this episode has helped just reconnect with that feeling of um, work-life harmony because balance was never supposed to be about every moment in life. It's just about a moment in time to feel balanced. So have a look at that definition and, um, and yeah, see what you can take from this offering today. Maybe it's at the right time in your life. Maybe you've already nailed it and you can go ahead and share it with someone else. Um, or maybe you can take an action today. All right, so I hope this helped you bring some work-life harmony into your life, and until next time, have an awesome week. 